Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Coffee with Mirko. Very happy to have you here today. And if you've been enjoying the previous shows, feel free to screenshot and reshare this episode with friends and family. Uh, today is another episode. We're going to talk with one of the one of the guys who runs such a successful coffee business here in Melbourne. Uh, we got Salvatore Malatesta uh, from Centali. So welcome everyone. I'm very glad to have you on. I hope you are super well. Who is listening and who is watching? I'm going to give some shout outs to the people who are joining us live. Apellini Cucina, YN, Amit, Coffee House Bartender, Planet Plorma, Nepal, Le Petit Cappuccino, Carlo Magdalena. I hope you're super well. Uh, we're going to talk with the owner uh, of Senali and many other things. Uh, so stay tuned for a cracking episode. So I really appreciate all of you tuning in. I appreciate all the love and the feedback that you've been sending me via DMs. Um, the YouTube channel is slowly growing, uh, so it means that you appreciate Happiness by Coffee, uh, BN's Loom, Julia Werner, Glenn. Um, say hi to all of you. So, look, I know that Salvatore is a very busy man, so he might, he might be a few minutes away. I might send him a quick invite right now. And... Uh, Hopefully he can tune in. Uh, hopefully he can tune in either with his personal or with uh, Centali handle. So today is going to be a happy so pack of good questions. Um, a little bit different than usual. Maybe not super focused on coffee, but definitely worth it in terms of entrepreneurship. Um, Salvatore has created a beast uh, of a brand out of uh, out of coffee. So. Very, very looking forward to it. So um, if you're new here, if you're going to enjoy this episode, uh, please feel free to screenshot, reshare, retweet um, this live stream. We're always happy to have new people here. I can see some of you already. Mercury, DZ, Latte Fails, Bianca is in the house. What's up, Bianca? Good to see you. MI76, 76 are my two favorite numbers. Hey, Tani. Danny's in the house too. What's up? What's good? Hope you guys are safe. Um, we're waiting for our guest. Uh, he's always busy running many businesses. Nolan is in the building. Good to see you, Nolan. Uh, you're a legend. Uh, so hopefully he's not too busy stacking meetings. And, uh, you know, we did have it on the calendar, but I understand that he runs a very 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 big operations so for the people who was tuning in who don't know much uh, we are based in melbourne and uh, we started this show where we bring coffee professionals from all over the world not just australia and we just talk with them about lots of different topics from coffee to uh, cafe operations entrepreneurships um brewing methods, roasting methods. Uh, there's a lot of topics. So the previous episodes, we have had a lot of great guests and you can uh, re-watch them on our YouTube channel. So if you miss out on a few episodes, feel free. Let me say hi to a few people of you tuning in. Um, Elphine, Mahmood, Kedai Copy, Timeless, Timeless Joe, Kedai, uh, Mother is Jana, and uh, Bianca is right there, can't wait. So yeah, I can't wait either. Uh, might 
send him a quick email just in case as a reminder and uh, yeah so we'll, we'll be we'll be for for a bit uh, it's always always interesting when it's uh, live streams of course um, but yeah if you have any questions of course feel free to drop them we'll ask them uh, throughout the show I have a very big amount of questions myself and uh, we'll looking forward to to read them asking them asking this man uh, lots of opinions around what he's created with Senali uh, Senali is also in uh, Jakarta if I if I say correct so lots of Indonesian fan base that we got here so we'll be able to answer many questions but we are alive Bianca, please smile for us. <laughs> Here it is. Bruce Shark, good to see you. 54V, Jasperso, Tea and Coffee, Taraj, good to see you all. Uh, let me email him live. Uh, there we go. Um, and yeah, Rebecca Grace, Ota Ata, good to see you. Uh, so if you're tuning in, we're just very patiently waiting for Salvatore and uh, he's a very busy man so he might be stuck in a phone call or in a meeting that's all good and uh, we just keep going if you have any questions about me about what I do about who I am about the previous episodes about the show feel free to just drop them in the comment box not the problem we're always happy to accommodate and I hope you got a cup of coffee and uh, Hope you're super well, hope you're safe uh, with the COVID-19, wherever you are in the world. Um, or maybe you can drop and tell us where you're from. That's uh, always good to know. And uh, we just wait. Here it is, joining straight from uh, the Sonali handle. So yeah, guys, uh, be ready. This is gonna be, this is gonna be good. Uh, we had a little hiccup. Let me let me let me see if that. Uh, let me see. DC coffee's in the house too. Good to see you guys. Um, Gurmirza, stay safe. Gurtej from Malaysia. Good to see you. I'm not sure what happened with the. Here it is. Hey, Timothy's with Barista. What's good, G? Good to see you, man. Fabian, man, good to see you, Fabian. It's been a while. It's been a minute. Let's try to bring uh, Salvatore on. It's uh, always tricky with his live streams. Sometimes, here it is. Let's add him. And let's have a look if we're lucky on this one. Instagram is definitely one of those apps that are very temperamental. And uh, it is what it is. Let's have a look if the connection works. We're waiting, it's spinning. But we also have, oh, okay. Sal just joined with his handle, so we might, here we go. That might be better. Go live.
Ciao caro, hello. Ciao carissimo, good to see you. Sorry I'm a little bit late, huh? No stress, like I said, you're a busy man, you run a big operation, that's all good. Wow, okay, so nice to be here, thank you for having me. Uh, so, and it's like, a, it's like a carpool, so it's all right. And you're not the first one in the car, so it's okay. We've done a carpool oh, before. Oh, good, because I'm actually in a car driving at the moment, because I was hoping to be back at the office. Hey, so maybe as, long should... as, as long as you're safe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, actually, someone else is driving. Yeah, so no problem. Okay, I get you. As long as you look at the road, I'm, I'm happy. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, um, thank you for for being here. Thank you for hopping on. Um, lots of people are going to appreciate this and uh, including myself, firstly. So it's good to see you. Uh, first, I want to ask if you and your family uh, are all good with this situation and you, your Senali staff, because uh, obviously it's been a, a crazy couple of months. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, yeah, we're good. So the family is great. Uh, and I've been very, very lucky to have um, the opportunity actually to hang out with my children. I have four of them. So uh, we have year 12, year 10, year 8 and a baby and they were homeschooled and I quite enjoyed it. It was quite a fun process. Now two of them have gone back to school. That's and, good. And, yeah. And from a business perspective, uh, we got lucky. I think, you know, we made some hand sanitizer so that uh, helped supercharge us into the future a little bit. So that was good. Yeah, no, that's that's absolutely great, and uh, yeah, we, we we all have seen and admire your uh, uh, hand sanitizer for sure. Um, so you're you're considered one of the pioneers of specialty coffee in Melbourne. Uh, but for people who don't know, how did you actually start in the coffee? How how did your coffee journey start? Yeah, okay. So I um my coffee journey started when I was uh, nineteen. Um, you know, I mean, as in terms of, actually, it started before then. You know, because we drank coffee at home all the time, and and coffee had a very sort of strong spiritual cultural connection for me. But I opened my first cafe. That's the way I'm interpreting the question. When I was 19 years old, uh, maybe maybe 20, I I was studying arts law at the University of Melbourne, and the offering on campus was very average. So I uh, I tended for a site and I opened one that was called Caffeine and that was the start of my career. Well, Sasha saying, uh, Sal, mate, you might get booked, question mark. So he's uh, he's laughing. Hi, <laughs> uh, Sasha. Uh, uh, yeah, you know what? I'm actually going to pull, I'm about to pull over. So I'm just waiting for the bloody exit. <laughs> Sasha, shut up. And is this recorded? Medical? Is this recorded? Don't, don't worry about it. Um, and like you said, you're not driving. Someone else is driving. Um, yeah, of course. Someone else is driving. So it's fine. So from law school to coffee, was that a call for your true passion? You know, no, look, honestly, um, I was brought up in hospitality, right? So I'm, I was always a hospitality guy. Hospitality was very kind to me um, in so many ways. I, I worked 90 hours a week back in the day. I loved it. I loved every minute of it. It was like my life. So, and I love food and beverage, and and I was going to drill down into something, whether that was craft cocktails or uh, coffee. Just coffee followed me. I mean, it was the thing I loved the most, so it was really easy. Um, I worked as a lawyer for a couple of years as well. 
I'm not sure whether some people know that, but I was actually a lawyer for two years. But along the way, I kept opening food and beverage venues. The coffee, the coffee thing, the you know, the as they say, Sasha, the God shot for me <laughs> happened maybe 2005. So I've been selling lots of coffees before then high volume, busy cafes. So, uh, you know, I, I knew how to run a cafe really well. But when I went to visit a farm and uh, for the first time, because back in the day, for those of who are in Melbourne, William Anglis College had a coffee academy and I was a coffee academy teacher. Uh. And, I would, and there'd be 10 people in the room and I would ask them, where does coffee come from? And I tell you that out of 10 people, no one knew that it was a fruit. Right? Wow. So, like everything we take for granted today, the, the work that people like Sasha do, the direct, the direct trade and single origin, single state, micro lots, mass preparation, all that kind of stuff. That was, that was uh, you know, people didn't even know coffee was a fruit. So I, I took myself to a farm in 2005. I went to Honduras. Actually, I, to be honest, I went to Panama first and then from Panama to Honduras. And I started eating coffee cherries, and they're quite delicious. And the more coffee cherries that I, I ate from different farms, the more I realized how important the soil and the growing conditions were to the flavor profile. Yep, so makes sense. I, that was when I had my moment of, okay, coffee is more than what I thought it was. And up until that point, I mean, I have to be honest with you, it's uh, like an embarrassing admission today, but I'm happy to make it. We used to talk about the crema test, you know, can the crema hold the sugar? Will it cut through milk? No one actually ever talked about flavor in a cup and single origin and single state. So I, for me, it was like, yeah, it was an epiphanal moment. It was, it's almost embarrassing to say today because all the cool kids know everything about everything. But I'm telling you back for me then, I really didn't know much. Yeah, and I think back then there, was, there wasn't much. There was a few big Italian named coffee roasters and then you know, you guys started it all. So, I mean, what what was your idea behind, you know, I guess your biggest projects like Sonali and Sensory? You know, so, you know what, I, you're right. The big Italian guys owned everything, right? And, yeah. uh, and when I used to ask people what coffee they drank, instead of saying, for example, I drink a Kenyan or an Ethiopian or or even maybe a cappuccino, long black. So people would say, I drink Lavazza, or I drink coffee, or I drink Victoria. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, yeah, but what coffee do you drink? You know. So for me, it seemed like there was this opportunity to um, almost start a counter-revolution, counter you know, because whenever you've got the big fat cats who own the market, there's always an opportunity to make a lot of noise. So that's really the Sensory Lab in particular, because Sensory Lab, we did, uh, at the time, we were doing food pairing and food tasting. And coffee and food pairing was a big deal back then. And for me, I remember this, again, I know, because now the audience with people like Sasha, they have amazing coffees. But back then, we had the Hacienda Esmeralda from... Uh, for, from the Petersons, the, the geisha, and we, we, we charged a lot of money for a cup. I can't remember now, maybe $25. And that, and that coffee, that story went a little bit viral because um, I remember being on Triple M with Eddie Maguire. We've since become friends, and he pretty much called me a wanker on, on air, you know, because, um, and it also became the reason on BuzzFeed, I was uh, number, number one most pretentious thing ever. Um, but I mean, at the time, well, my frustration was we're doing all this hard work 
and uh, so much more effort goes into you know, making this coffee, and we're not charging any extra for it. We've got to make some noise, you know. And so it was deliberate to make some noise, and gosh, it made some noise, you know. So yes, we 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 all we all heard it for sure. Lots of us yeah. heard it, and uh, I mean, and and that's I think the key of success. And obviously, you proving yourself to be a successful entrepreneur. Um, what what sort of word of advice would you give to someone who is like getting started? Because, like you said, you know, there's always room for the market, and lots of people, I think, are afraid of failure and judgment that comes from it. Yeah, well, can I can I hopefully give your uh, listeners one piece of advice which I've uh, learned for a long time? The craft industry was um, embarrassed to make money. Yeah, you know, um, and if you made money somehow you were like uh, not a committed coffee guy you know and even even today sometimes people say i'm more a businessman than i am a coffee guy or something like that but there's no there's no shame in making money i mean Absolutely. You, need to, you need to make money ethically and properly but there's no no shame in making money so for me is there's no point being in cottage industry if you can't sustain it right so you need to make sure there's enough coming through to keep people employed and keep the lights on so number one is never be embarrassed. I mean, for a long time, Sonali was very successful. I was, I was embarrassed amongst coffee guys. You know, I would never talk about volume or, or expansion because it was like we felt like we were bragging or something. But, but um, so, and in terms of success, you know, I'm sure everyone maybe, I don't know if Sasha's still on there, but I'm sure he'll agree with me. When you're young, you know, under 30 maybe, there's there's no risk it doesn't matter what happens you know so i would say go go hard go early uh, because when you have children and take on some other responsibilities it changes your risk profile i could not agree more and i think i think that you know we're in such an industry where lots of cafes unfortunately going underwater because you know you need you need to you need to make enough and profit, otherwise you're going to be out of business. Correct. It's very simple as that. And look, something that I really love, obviously, you know, your coffee, but, uh, you know, a, a pillar, one of the Sonali pillars for me, it's his brand identity and the creativity and the social media and the digital printing, which is a big passion of mine. Um, how crucial do you think in this day and age is to invest and implement, you know, the right team and the right strategies around it? Because I think a lot of times, coffee shops and coffee businesses underestimate that because of the pride. You know, it's like, oh, you know, I don't want to really invest in social media or marketing. But I think, you know, you can promote and push the high quality products and then, you know, charge the right price as well. So, you know. No, so, I mean, yeah, I, you know, we have a creative studio, right, Mirko? So we have... Uh, I know. Ever, yeah. ever since I was like uh, my first cafe since I was 19, 20, I always had one full-time creative person and I've had as many as 12 and, you know, and it's always fluctuating depending on the work that we need. And first of all, I love it. So, I mean, that's some of the most joy that I get is being creative. So, you know, I wish I was uh, a creative director and not a CEO, you know. So one day maybe if I can replace myself as CEO, I'll become creative director. So, um, but secondly, I think because we have an in-house team, we can generate content and, and stories so quickly 
and we do as you know we've got you know a full power range we're, we're shooting tomorrow for our new winter season um we can you know make an rtd product very quickly uh how how important it is well i think at the end of the day we're all a little bit tribal right and and so for a lot of people following into milan or following roma or following carlton or following whatever it's like to them it's like a religion and so uh if you can create that tribal feeling which i think sonali does very well your customers are your best ambassadors and they became part of the team and so they become patched over so that to me is very important because there are a lot of people now especially in melbourne who have access to good coffee who can roast well who can make great coffee so that's great that's the minimum standard now it's like i said to my good friend ronaldo distancio to me if you can't cook serve people don't open a restaurant how do you, how do you make the magic what's the magic what's the next step you know so how do you go from the the basic which is excellent food and excellent coffee to the magic and i think sonali we make magic i hope and i always say if the rolling stones were coming to melbourne for one day where would they go for coffee and the idea is they come to us now so we haven't had the rolling stones but we have had tarantino and to me he's like the rolling stones you know yeah yeah even some people he's even bigger than uh, than the rolling stones and i think you're right look i mean uh you know these outlets are also a chance to tell your story you know and become that uh, you know a trendsetter and i think it's super important and a lot of times we demonize technology but then 10 15 years later we are on it you know we all you know turn our heads to instagram now everybody's on instagram we did that with facebook 20 15 years ago but reality is that what better place now because you know you can spend 30 50 grand on a ad on a newspaper that might not be seen by as many people as being on on a digital platform and the creativity that goes with it is just so important especially in such a artsy city like melbourne speaking of which and then we go on what team you go for because now you <laughs> now I want to know uh, melbourne is considered somewhat the capital of coffee which is kind of dangerous because sometimes now i think that we're kind of relaxing and uh, our standard hit a plateau but what if there was one thing that you could change about melbourne coffee scene what would that be Well that's a, that's uh it's these are two interesting things in Mirko. I mean I think have we hit a plateau? Uh I think the baseline's just very good. Right? Yeah. So um and that's and that's going to be a challenge for new guys coming to the market because you know every, everyone's pretty good, right? Um I think for me I would change not so much about coffee, I would change an attitude towards about service. um and i think uh the specialty coffee scene sometimes takes itself a little bit seriously and makes it difficult or makes the customer feel stupid about uh what they do or don't order so for example if a customer wants to drink almond milk give them almond milk right if a customer wants to learn more about single origin or state coffee make it easy for them make it easy for them to understand there's no point make putting together a coffee menu and not explaining it to them so i mean i know we've been guilty of that in the past as well i mean we we you know baristas tend to gravitate towards black drinkers and filter drinkers um and so anyone that drinks a you know a, a latte with three sugars there's a little bit of snobbery but 
it's our responsibility to uh, get people drinking better coffee. And in that process, we need to make it easy for people to understand. I'll tell you something, for example, when I talk to young kids, and by young kids, I mean 19, 20. And then I talk to kids who are like 30, 35, and then people are like 40, 45. So in between, in between, say, maybe 25 and 45, if you're into coffee, everyone knows who we are, right, in Melbourne. But when I talk to young kids like my daughter's age, 17, 18, 19, they don't even know what specialty coffee means. They don't, they don't, they don't remember the third wave movement. Um, maybe they don't even drink coffee. So we need to keep educating. That's our focus, and we need to do that through service, the situation. Like uh, old school hospitality, not snobbery. Hundred percent, and it's something that it kept coming back during these episodes that we've been running. You know, we've been we've been putting so much focus in the cup, in the jug, in the machinery, and we forgot that it's a people business. Um, yeah. And when I used to train my staff at the cafes, sometimes on trials, I would let them literally pretend to say good morning to me when I would walk the door, pretend to be a customer. I want, and therefore was silly, but it wasn't. I think that it starts from there. And especially now after the pandemic, uh, people have missed that social element. So more than ever now to be warmer and connect, it's what we need. Like roasters are connecting with farmers and vice versa, baristas need to convert, you know, you know connect. Now, um, reaching kind of the halfway mark, usually have an out-of-the-box question, and I love this one. Um, if you could choose anyone, who would you like to have dinner with? Sasha, no, um, uh, uh, probably, you know, I reckon it would be quite interesting and I don't, this is, might sound a little bit cliche, but I think it'd be quite interesting, especially post-presidency to hang out with Barack Obama. Okay. Uh, yep. That would be quite interesting in that conversation. But if I was going to be less cliche than that, um, hmm, who would I want to have dinner with? Maybe, maybe, um, you know, maybe Irma Thurman. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. I like it. I'm, I'm, I'm making a list. So maybe one day I'll make it happen. For someone. <laughs> um, all right. Cool. That, I think that's amazing. Um, you know, we all appreciate what you've done for the market. Um, you know, I think that what you guys have been doing consistently, it's just really standing out from many places of the world, you know, lots of people know about you, like you said. Um, what would you say to people who are actually chasing their coffee dream or their passion, but they're stuck in a good job? I think it's kind of connected to what we talked about a little bit earlier, but there is such a thing about, I mean, we're both from Italy, I'm not sure about you know, your family, but in a lot of countries, there is this philosophy of getting a good job and stick with it but they're not necessarily happy and they might be chasing the coffee dream. What would you say it's a good way to kind of get moving? So um, I, as you know, Mirko, I have four children. I give them the same advice, right? So this is the same advice. I think I'm really enamored and in love with people passionate and committed to anything really. So if you're a professional runner, a professional musician, um, if you're, uh, uh, you know, uh, a doctor, a poet, uh, so long as you've got to follow your heart and you've got to commit, um, uh, you know, uh, mind, heart and body, 
and do stuff that you're passionate love. And I wouldn't worry about anything else except to say this is a bit why I um, this is a bit why I say make sure though you get paid for your services because there is a payday where you need to you know pay bills and whatever your lifestyle demands so you know unfortunately money always comes into it but that doesn't mean you shouldn't focus on careers that aren't really not very profitable like i think hospitality is going to be the toughest business in the world and running a hospitality business whether it's a cafe or a restaurant especially in this environment as you know is really tough but i could have applied my skill set to a different industry i just love it you know i love it so much i love it more than being a lawyer i was a lawyer for two years that would have been a pretty easy ticket to you know do okay for a while without doing very much but it wasn't for me Correct. And, and, and I think also there's always the element of downsizing and downgrading. I think that, you know, you can start living in a less bigger place, you know, if you need to, by following your passion. You know, I think that a lot of people underestimate the elements of moving back in with your parents or do what you got to do in order to actually get that dream going. And I think in coffee, there are many places that you can be in. And because you touched base, we are facing this obviously awful global pandemics, um, they impacted lots of people and businesses, like you said. Um, I still think it's crucial, but how crucial you think is constant innovation within any organizations? You know, we've seen you with the hand sanitizer, and we've seen a few other people in the industry starting new things and trends. But also, even prior to the pandemic, but more than anything, you know, now it's even more important than ever innovation. Yeah, so I mean, uh, you know, I don't want to depress your listeners, but you're only you're only as good as last week, huh? Um, there's always someone smarter, faster, more handsome uh, around the corner. So this is this is the thing about business. If you're, um, you know, e- e- even in the cottage industry, if you're in business, you're in business, and there's always someone trying to take number one position or number two or number three. So you've got to constantly innovate. You've got to, and at San Ali. I always say to my guys, we were only as good as last week. We've got to live like um, we every week's going to get better. So we spent a bit of time in innovation. You know, I'm 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 in a partnership with Matt Perger and Brewster Hustle. Um, I mean, Brewster Hustle is a great business for us. It took three years to get there, but now it's got a nice, you know, international uh, forum network. It, you know, it generates good money. You know, I'm in, I'm invested in a tea business called Kura K U Double. A-W-R-A. Okay. It's a tea business that focuses on um, aged Chinese tea with a guy called Aiden. Um, we're, we're, we're shareholders in SUP, which is the um, yeah, technology used for So we, we get involved wherever we can, lots of different things. Uh, and because that's our attitude and our DNA, we can be nimble and quick when we need to. So in January, January 3rd or 5th, we were putting together a bottling plant for the hand sanitizer. So by the time Corona hit our shores, we were ready to go. And and that's how I approach business. And so, I mean, Sonali is going to reopen on the 1st of June and it's going to reopen being very different. Um, and some of the things we've learned from this COVID uh, uh, pandemic are going to form part of our retail offering forever. That manifests into an online presence as well. So our e-commerce platform for us, uh, you know, has quintupled over the last three months. Yeah, and I and I, it's something that I talk to my customers too, because um, I, I quit my job last year, 
Um, and, you know, with my customers, I, you know, I look after their digital presence and social media and marketing. And uh, something that I've been having conversation with them is the next 18 to 36 months are going to be really crucial to have a strong e-commerce game. Um, and what I mean by that is, you know, get as creative as you want, whether it's a, a coffee spread uh, with your own label on it, whether it's a, uh, a cartoon version of the faces of the founders into a pin or whatever it is, uh, just create and just go online because people are now, consumer behavior is just changing. The introverted person who didn't like to go to the gym because he's too insecure about the mirrors and doesn't want to be around people, now know that can go on a Zoom 101 in the comfort of their home to do a workout. The guy who doesn't like the crowd and the noise know that can have a beautiful Ethiopian coffee at home with a free tutorial made by, I don't know, Brew Theory or someone else online. So I think the e-commerce game is going to be stronger, more important than ever uh, in the next 18 to 36 months. I couldn't agree more. Um, yeah, for sure. And, and here forever. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I think, you know, the Zoom and the Skype and everything was already there, was always there. We're kind of waking up now, which is interesting. It was always there, but now it's like exploded, and I think now we need to yeah, grab onto it and take advantage of these technologies. Um, which it brings me to, what, what do you think? I'm really curious about uh, having this conversation with you. Uh, it's going to help me as well as the people going to rewatch this. What do you think, in your words, are the key elements or one of the key elements to scale a business? Um, I think what I've learned, there's just two approaches to this, right? So, um, getting foundations 100% deep and solid, um, allows you the flexibility to navigate scenarios like the pandemic. So I like the idea of strong foundations and I like the idea of, um, not having much exposure to leverage. So as a company, we don't borrow money. Um, uh, and therefore, when the COVID-19 happens or the GFC, we're not sitting up at, awake at night trying to work out how to meet repayments. However, that said, um, when you're young and you have nothing to lose, which is why I say just go hard, there is nothing to lose. Sometimes just going, um, you know, ankle deep isn't enough. You need to go deep, deep, deep. And, and, and you do, in a sense, uh, um, you know, risk your entire bundle of chips every time. And that's, that's my approach um, because you get that little window when you're young and then when you get old, that window becomes harder and harder because you have a whole bunch of dependents who need for things to, you know, not fall over. Yes, and I so, think often, often people want to win at the first shot, but it often doesn't happen and I think – it's important to have a good relationship with losing. You know, I know it's going to sound dark, but you need to be comfortable at losing in order to win. Yeah, you know, it's, Mirko, I feel like you're reading my mind. What I say all the time is, um, what I say all the time is this, uh, the rejection, uh, uh, you need to accept and embrace. So, um you know, recently I've been watching, I don't know if anyone's watched The Last Dance. I have. Um, and I've cried every episode, right? Because 
Now I know I know Mike Jordan's production company owns it, so it was a, perhaps a skewed view. But that kind of commitment to winning and winning and winning and winning and, and training and trying is to me so sexy. Um, oh. You know, and it's like um, how I like to live my life. Whatever it is that I'm doing, I just want I want to do the best that I can. And and it, you know, it's not even about the winning, like you know, uh, or the reward. It's just about the feeling you get from me. So I love it. Yeah, I think people, it's it's a bit dark, but I think a lot of people, unfortunately, uh, they want to win. They have a very conflictive relationship with winning, uh, dependency created by entitlement. I deserve I'm, to win. I'm not saying that. You're no, saying no, that. I'm saying that. I am saying that. I'm saying, but maybe you know, you're like right. I think... I right. think that there's a little bit of that. And look, I watched Last Dance and yeah, it was really inspiring. I think that probably he would be a person that would be interesting to have dinner with too. Um, and I, I, I think the commitment and turning your passion into your fixation, as long as the hustle, because also, you know, you got the flip side, you got that, the hustle mode mentality, which is also can be unhealthy. And we go to the next question, which is like, you know, there's this theory, you know, you're going to burn out yourself, which I don't think so. I think that you can still have your six, seven hours sleep. It's about what you do when you're awake, you know. But unless you've got a lot on your plate, which is like when you've got so much on your plate like yourself, uh, Salvatore, uh, how do you manage your work-life balance as a family man like yourself? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I, uh, that's a tough question, right, because my family are by default business partners so our family dinner table is business talk our family holidays is business talk our um, walks around the botanic gardens is talk about food and beverage so um you know uh and my wife is very much in, in very much the business it's where, where the finale is our life there's no there's no like nine to five and then talk about something else. That's all we talk about, you know? Um, and so that's maybe not for everyone, but it's how I think you need to, to run the show if you want to be. I still think, so, but uh, I think uh, there's a, the, you know, even the walk at the botanical gardens has a good outlet. You know, you might talk about Senali, which is fantastic, but still you're kind of balancing with uh, self-soothing, uh, quality time with your family. I think it's fantastic. Still. Yes, I mean, I'll tell you, um, we one thing we do as a family um, uh, up until coronavirus is we travel every school holidays, right? So, yeah. and what I'll do on the school, if I'm traveling and uh, we're in a different time zone, I'll do my work when the kids are asleep. Um, but every eight weeks we spend, you know, two or three weeks, whatever school holidays are together as a family. Um, but I mean, I, I'm, I've not, I'm not going to apologize for the fact that, you know, Sonali is my life and I love it and I'm, you know, committed to it. And that's just how it is. That's yeah, like friends. If I'm out for dinner with my best friend and, and the phone rings, I take the call. Yeah, of course. And I, well, that's like the ball game for, for, for Michael Jordan, you know, like yeah. basketball was, was like, I think it's, it's, it's super cool. And I feel it's very inspiring for the people who are going to rewatch this and, uh, you know, we have, I have so many people who they want that, but they don't have that. I think you got to learn to love the dirt. You got to need to learn to love the game. Like for me, one of my passionate people, I love the pavement. 
you know, I love the streets. But I had to learn the last couple of months that I need to start loving staying home during a pandemic a little bit more, and that's okay. I think it's still, it's still relevant, you know, to be able to learn other, other, other situations and scenarios. I just noticed my good friend Lola Berry just came on. I just want to shout out and say hi to her. Shout out. Thanks, thanks for tuning in. Uh, lo loved eyes. Yeah, we, we're all watching Salvatore with those eyes at the moment, especially for the things he's been saying to us very kindly. Um, Salvatore, you cover the whole spectrum of coffee. Could you pinpoint a couple of memorable moments uh, throughout the journey of yours? Yeah, of course. Um, well, well, I think um, I think I covered one with the farm experience. That was uh, that was very much my epiphanal moment. But I think um, I think being able being able to watch customers go on a coffee journey with you and be transported um, in a you know in a spiritual sense to some other destination or in, in or in a um you know in a in a flavor sense and going along with them in that journey and understanding that um the power of the coffee plant uh and given a proper voice i've had plenty of those moments where i sit around have a cup of coffee and i get transported but i think that the thing for me uh, and I'm forever grateful for this. Fan Ali has been like a triple A pass to life um, in the same ways that, um, you know, if you've got a triple A pass at a Coachella festival or Burning Man. Um, I have met some incredible people uh, who have gravitated towards me because of Fan Ali and and one of them came to my wedding and, and became a best friend. And he was, uh, he was the Sheikh of Qatar, um, who was a coffee enthusiast who reached out to us for some training sessions. We had no idea who he was. Uh, he didn't tell us who he was. And we ran a, a master class for him at nighttime. And then we got to know each other and became good friends. And, and there are so many sort of, you know, triple A access to life like that have been presented to me because of a common shared interest in coffee. So coffee is like, in a way, an, an equalizer. You know, it's a, an affordable luxury. And whether you're the Sheikh of Qatar or Tarantino or Salvatore or Mitko, you drink coffee and you can talk about coffee. So coffee is coffee's good. It's a good drug. It's a, um, a psychoactive drug that's legal, right? Like it makes you happy. Let me, let me throw in the mix. Coffee feels good. Coffee feels good and keeps it right away. <laughs> I think the, I could throw in that feels good. I was waiting on interview to find the right moment. Um, and for people who know, who knows. Um, yeah, I agree. And, and I think we've forgotten that. We lost that connection a little. Uh, yeah. But we, we, I think we're getting back to it after this pandemic. I think I really feel positive about it. Um, talking to a lot of professionals. We, we're going we're gonna to be... The strength of this community, it feels like a family. And I think coffee really is a big part of the world in many, in many, in many ways. So for sure. Thank you for sharing that, by the way. So let me tell you that when I, um, when I early days when I was traveling and I would land anywhere, 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 right? And on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook, I'd say, hi, I'm in Chicago. If anybody wants to catch up, right? 
and people would DM me and say, can I pick you up from the airport, um, stay at my place, uh, let me take you out for dinner, because the specialty coffee community back then was very small, and even now, um, it's pretty small, really, in the scheme of things. Super. Coffee friends are like surfing friends. They're people that understand, um, hey, Lockton Ward's jumped online, hey, Lockie, how you doing? Um, no. People understand, and you have a common shared interest. So for me, I, I be, I've made so many friends globally. Like, I got to tell you that um, Lama Zorko and shout out to them, Guido and Chris. They're they're guys who I eat with regularly. They're like you know brothers, and uh, they're not suppliers. Um, and they happen to supply machines, but they're not really suppliers. You know, so some strong friendships are made out of coffee. 100% and we go back to the sentence, you know, we are in the people business, first and foremost, for sure. Um, and if you could, what advice would you give to yourself when you first started your businesses and your career? What was that last, last question again, sorry? Um, what advice would you give to yourself uh, when you first started uh, any business back then, when you were 19, if you could talk to yourself your 19-year-old self. And uh, why, you, why, why you think of the answer, big shout-out to Nolan. Thanks for being here, bro. Appreciate it. We'll talk soon, man. Um, yeah, sorry. I, I, I think maybe, um, you know, I uh, probably could have slowed down a little bit, just, just, just a, a little bit. Uh, and I think... I had a lot of demons to deal with for a while um, around anxiety about, you know, whether we'd, whether it'd work or what people thought or whatever. I think um, just back yourself and do what you want to do and block out the white noise. Yes. I, I, love I dealt it. with white noise and anxiety for a long time. I love it. And thanks for sharing that. I think, uh, like I said, there's a, there's a lot of, re a lot of fear, what people think of us, there's a lot of stuff out there and you just got to leave it out there. And, um, yeah, I think a lot of people can relate to that, myself included, 100%. Sure. And that can come from strangers, family, if cultural, religious. There's so many elements, you know, to the story for sure. So I'm sure that plenty will relate to that. Um, so would you actually ever, um, unless you already have and I have never heard of it, because it could be, because I could be wrong too. Uh, would you ever write a book? And I think there's lots of people that are waiting for one, if you haven't already. You know, um, uh, so I got off, thank you for asking that question. I got offered a, um, a book deal and a film deal maybe seven years ago or something like that. And at the time, I remember thinking, I don't have enough to say yet. Um, you know, like it's been fun, but I don't feel like I'm ready for that kind of, thing yet but uh, as i'm getting older i've got some pretty good stories and i've got some pretty good I insider stories of what's happened around the world including our own experiences in london where maybe a um a book might be worthwhile um so i have been formulating an idea for a book but i don't know that i and maybe let me put it out to your listeners what would you want to hear in that book um because you know i can tell the specialty story but that's been told by a lot of good people um, like Sasha, I could uh, tell, you know, I could write a blueprint for a successful cafe, but um, but I'm not sure that's exactly where I want to go. I mean, I've got some 
I've, I've sort of got this idea of a book, uh, which is the people that I've met through coffee. And so a chapter on each and through those people, the people that I've met, telling the coffee story from my eyes and the relationships that I've made. But I mean, I'm not, if anyone's got any ideas, let me know. I mean, anybody. Oh, got, you, can, you, can, you can turn it into a Rocky series, you know, and have a volume one, volume two, volume three. I think uh, lots of people would want to hear all the ideas that you just shared. You know, I think, uh, I, I, you know, that it's endless, like you said. A blueprint for a cafe, many people would find that valuable as well as uh, a, a book about people. But I'm sure there's a book about stories, unheard stories that you could unleash and, uh, you know, make a few people laugh and smile. So I think I'll there's tell, a lot I'll, there. I'll tell you something. We, um, maybe uh, seven years ago, uh, we were the official partner for the Big Day Out. And uh, the headline act was the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And when I was growing up, they were like one of my favorite bands. And we toured with the Big Day Out nationally. So I got to watch them side, side stage, backstage, front of house, uh, mosh pit. Um, and I got to meet Flea and Anthony um, every morning. And uh, I can tell you some stories that happened um, backstage, for example, that have nothing to do with coffee. Or nothing to do with, uh, but the stories are pretty cool. And that's what I'm saying to you. I mean, I feel so grateful that the life I've had is through coffee. 100%. And I think now you should start writing a chapter on your book on that because I think many people want to know some of those ones now. <laughs> um, and I've, I feel that where we've went, the journey within the past uh, 50 minutes is really insightful. And I'm really glad we had this conversation because each guest has brought different type of values throughout these episodes where it was uh, brewing techniques or different things. Um, and everyone has their story. Um, so I'm very glad and grateful for what you've been sharing with us, your knowledge, your experiences. What would you say, you know, it would be something that you would like to see in coffee moving forward? What would you say, okay, this is what I really want to see? Uh, well, uh, two things. Um, I'd like to see the committed coffee industry coming together uh, more as friends. It used to be that way in the beginning. Uh, there was seven or eight of us and we used to share ideas and we used to hang out together quite often. I feel like it's become very commercial and competitive and... And I think the specialty coffee guys should be competing against the big guys because really in the scheme of coffee sales, we're still very much nothing. I mean, the world's owned by Keering and Nestle and Lavazza. Yeah. Yeah. So that I'd like to see on a personal level. That would make me very happy. But what I would like to see, and it's happening, is um, whilst we further methods of... Um, of, you know, uh, harvesting, brewing coffee um, uh, and uh, processing techniques and all the cool stuff that the guys do. That's great. But what I still really want to see is a commitment um, from everyone in coffee to sharing the coffee love. And what I mean by that is it's still important for me, for people that are still drinking terrible coffee, to drink good coffee. And there's a lot of those people still. And so, again, I want to echo what I said before. I want great coffee 
to be drunk by the masses, uh, not just by the privileged few. And in that process, hoping that when you've got some um, mass volume and mass, and masses behind the idea, to spread the love down the uh, supply down to the farmers because I even want to change the name from um, value chain to something like value relationship because our farmers aren't part of the chain um, in, a, in a way where the custodians of the work they do and we take care of what they do and they're real people. And all the talking, we've been talking, especially coffee has been talking for 25 years about um, direct trade helping farmers and it helps some farmers, and when it goes well, it helps them a lot. But there's still a lot of help that it needs, and a lot of farmers are still growing coffee at below cost of production. So, unfortunately, that's one of the sad points about the coffee industry. There's still a lot of shit consequences uh, that happen. 100% and uh, word. Honestly, thanks for, for that, 100%. Um, now, Instagram is a cutthroat platform they usually give 30 seconds so i usually say the final thanks before that happens so um Salvatore, uh, very honored and humbled for you to hop on honestly uh, i feel super grateful uh for you and i had this moment and i hope that we can catch up as soon after june 1st of course for a good cup of coffee together because i think that's the best thing to do as you said uh, and thank you so much for hopping on. I think lots of people will find this valuable in the coming uh, days and weeks to rewatch it. Um, and really, I feel honored. And my motto is that if I can add value to one person, uh, I'm winning. And in this case, you're already adding value to me. So, and Bianca. Bianca is our uh, baby fan here. She's 16 and she's aiming to be the first and youngest female Indonesian barista champion. So uh, she always watches us. So, uh, Really appreciate you, Bianca. Uh, so, yeah, thank you again, Salvatore. And I'm going to reach out to you to catch up for Cafe. But um, this is, you know, the next final few minutes. Is there anything you left off the table? And I usually close asking, what's next on Salvatore's planet? Um, okay, so my, my – um, I've been waiting, really, for my children to grow up. And, uh, and so I can do – I want to realize my view, my idea for Sonali to be in seven cities around the world. And we opened in London uh, in 2010. I don't know if you remember that, but that was a, that was a big deal. And so I really want to, uh, that's my thing. I want to do that. And the other thing that I really want to do is I own a lot of land around Sonali in South Melbourne and I want to build a hotel called Sonali House and be the world's first dedicated sort of hotel space to, um, you know, cottage, craft, um, coffee, distillery in one spot. Um, and that's going to happen. It's just, um, you know, whether it happens uh, now or whether it happens in five years. But they're my two big ideas. Fantastic, honestly. I love them both. And uh, obviously the first one has, uh, uh, it's uh, yeah, it's, it's gorgeous to hear. And we go back on uh, really be driven by the people that we love and the people who surround us and inspire us. And uh, it is even the young ones and especially for you, your, your children. Um, yeah. Thank you, Sal. Um, what team do you go for? Cause I still haven't forgotten to ask you. You mean football? Yeah. Cause you start talking before, you know, if you're passionate about this or that, and I'm like, Oh, hang on a minute. What team does he go for? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, like, uh, like, you know, Collingwood. 
Call him. Oh no, I meant I meant in Serie A. Ah, oh, um, in Serie A. Okay, I was going to say. Um, I've never never been asked an AFL question before. In Serie A, like uh, that's a good question. Uh, you know, I used to I used to be tifoso for Inter Milan. Uh, oh, bravo! Maybe I should. So I mean, but I've stopped watching. But that's uh, that's what I used to do. There you go. Now, now we got one more thing in common. Fantastic. <laughs> that's the right answer. Um, Salvatore, thank you. Grazie. Uh, thanks for giving this precious hour, even though you're in a car. That's a true, true hustler picture right now. I really as a, appreciate. As a passenger, it. though, huh? as a passenger, yeah. Okay. No, you, yeah, you're the passenger, of course. But I really appreciate, like, honestly. Um, thank you. I say grazie again because I think we, we, you know what that means. Um, take care, stay safe, and I really hope to see you soon in South Melbourne or wherever you are. Thank you so much. Thank you, Bianca. Thank you, everyone. Bye bye. Bye. Uh, there you have it, guys. I have. Uh had you know amazing um moment um, i feel very grateful to have been able to have this conversation with uh, such a pioneer and uh, incredibly successful uh, coffee man uh, entrepreneur and family man so uh, lots of people in indonesia and around the world and in australia know uh Sinali is this is uh, the face behind it the guy who runs it and the ideas and um it's just incredible uh, how uh, lucky I was to be able to share this. And like I said, I hope that brought value to you, uh, Bianca, or uh, any guys watching who's going to rewatch later. I think there was a lot of good content. This interview was slightly different than the usual ones, but I think that it's important to have these elements uh, in our episodes to touch on different topics in order to really dig in into every single aspect um, you know, of what we do in coffee. It's not just uh, uh, the brewing. And for Mercury, our first on this, and we love it, can't wait to see more. You can rewatch the other episodes on YouTube. We had amazing uh, guests. We had Scott Rao, Tim Wendable, Sasha Sestik, um, and plenty more. Uh, and every one of them are very valuable to watch, and they're all on YouTube. Uh, we release them every two, three days uh, based on the recordings. And um, yeah, so greetings from Rwanda, to, greetings from Australia, Green Hill. Uh, you made my day, Bianca. You're a legend. You have such a good attitude. Like Salvatore said, he would give himself the advice to don't listen to the noise. And you got such a good attitude on that, Bianca. So you, you got this. Um, I know that soon the clock is going to start and say it's time to go. And that's the way Instagram is designed. I really appreciate each and every one of you who tuned in, who will tune in, who will rewatch, who is listening now on the podcast, who is watching now on YouTube. I really appreciate you to be here and uh, I hope to see you tomorrow. We go Nolan Irte, he's the founder and owner of Proud Mary Coffee, so it's another Melbourne uh, institution. So and uh, Nolan, I'm also sending you my phone from today. Nolan, you're a legend. Thanks for being here, Nolan. I really appreciate you, man. It was good to see you um, today too, honestly. Uh, yeah, uh, it's been a good day. Uh, I've been surrounded by people that I've been always looking up to. Uh, one was this morning and the one was this evening. So I feel very blessed, lucky and grateful. I know I need a haircut. It's been booked in, so don't worry. And uh, <laughs> 28 seconds to go. 
Um, all I can do is sending you love and uh, hey, Mercury, just reach out to me um, on a DM. It's the best because I'm still working out the schedule. Thank you. But I'm closing in 10 seconds. Thank you for being here. I love each one of you. Very grateful. Thanks for sharing. And if you want to reshare this, please go ahead and stay safe, guys.